Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Hughes. Ready to go, Schwan? Yes, sir. Okay, before we get started here, just want to um, uh, just don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, all the videos that I post are up there. And so check those out. And also, uh, my other podcast, uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, uh, I did one. Uh, Tuesday. Okay. So let's start uh, with um, uh, Saturday's UFC show. There are three fights. The first one is the main event. We had Holly Holm win over Irene Aldana by unanimous decision. And I wanted to mention something right off the top here. And that's that Irene said on Instagram on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure when. She said uh, that there was something wrong with her left foot, and that's why she couldn't change her direction at all. Okay, so I wanted to start with that because the way it looked at the time is that there was something else wrong. <laughs> like maybe she didn't know what the hell she was doing, uh, but she said there was something wrong with her left foot. So let's start with that, okay? Okay. Um... All right. I, I personally, I could see that. I could see an injury being a cause for part of the problem. But a couple things. One, you know you're injured. Two, your team knows you're injured. And that might explain why she couldn't cut the cage off. That does not explain why instead of chasing her, she didn't stop and make Holly Holm come to her. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, don't, I think there was uh, something else going on here. And, and, you know, we talked about this, okay? Last time out, Irene knocked out, one-punch knockout, okay, Ketlin Vieira. And the thing I dislike about that sort of thing, okay, is there's always an overreaction from fans, media, everybody, okay? Oh, she's a great fighter now, which she isn't, okay? But, um, you know, and, and the difference between me and everybody else is I don't overreact to anything, okay? So my feeling when she got that knockout was this. She needs to do it again, okay? Because as far as I'm concerned, it was a fluke, okay? Because she'd never done anything like that before, and I guarantee you she'll never do it again, okay? Give me your well, thoughts the big on thing about, The big thing about the knockout was, one, you had somebody – it was who she knocked the person out. Vera is, is durable. Vera is very tough. But the way Vera had just come off of a long break, and I said this before the fight, I said this is a risky fight to take coming oh, off absolutely. this long break. Your timing is going to be off. Your wrestling is going to be off. And she was never a great striker, so her striking is going to be off. So I kind of saw that coming. Secondly, I don't mind fans overreacting. I don't mind the, I don't mind the, uh, the promotion overreacting. The people who I find overreact, when I, in, in my experience working with fighters, the fighter and their camp overreact. What they say is, oh, see, look, now you've turned the corner. This is what we've always been talking yeah. about. You can no. do this all the time. They start, thinking this, they, they start thinking this is all coming together instead of looking at the extenuating circumstances and watching the whole fight. They look at the result. See, look, after every fight, somebody gets a big knockout. I started sitting down on my punches. I did just what my coaches told me. Well, your coach has been telling you that for three, four, five fights, two or three years. That's never happened before. Let's look at the surrounding circumstances that contributed to that. So I think Irina Aldana and I think her camp 
because they've always thought she was a puncher. They've always believed this. I think they're they fell idiots. into that trap and thought, and thought if I could just put two or three shots on Holly Holm, I could I could put her away. Yeah, no, I believe that. I I believe I believe they think she's a puncher. The they're, way she fights, they they listen, think she's a puncher. They're idiots. Okay, they're idiots. Okay, so uh, okay, let's start with Holly. Holly really didn't do anything particularly new. She fought the way she always fights. Would you agree with that? Yeah, she just fought. I mean, she fought smart. I, I'm not going to criticize her. She fought smart. I don't know. Everybody, like you said, people are saying, well, it's a brand new Holly Holm. And I'm like, well, she doesn't have anything coming back at her, and the girl can't cut off the cage. So, of course, you're going to start seeing the jab and, and yeah, aggression. Exactly. She's, exactly. she's not a threat. I, I personally think there's a big problem with uh, Irene's camp. There always has been. Uh, um, and But I don't think they're going to make any changes. And I'll tell you why. Okay, her teammate is Alexa Grasso. The third teammate she has is actually an Invicta fighter, Marina Rodriguez. And they train at Lobo in Guadalajara, Mexico. So what's the deal? The gym is owned by Alexa's father. Okay? And the coach is Alexa's brother, Francisco Grasso. Okay? So as much as you and I think that she would probably, like both fighters would probably benefit a lot from going somewhere else, they're not going somewhere else. Well, the, the, as a person, a person who works with fighters, and even if, outside of that, I have kids who play basketball. I train my kids. There's a, there's, a different, there's a thing that's missing out here. The problem they have is they're basing everybody off of Alexa's archetype. Alexa is a better athlete than Irina. Pound for pound in their divisions, she's a harder hitter. She's a more dynamic fighter. But, she ha- but both of them fight in a similar style. Now, Alexa Grasso can give away rounds and put herself in bad spots because she's athletic enough, she's quick enough, she hits hard enough to work her way out of bad spots fairly easily. Irina Aldana isn't that, isn't that kind of athlete. She can't hit you with a couple shots and back you off. She can't explode out of bad spots. You, you get in on her legs. She's not physically strong enough to just explode and get you off those spots. Look for a They're basing her, her style off of what Alexa can do. And Irina is not that kind of athlete. So yeah. when you try to enact those things, when you have her doing that high guard, which she'll step back, that works fine. If you've got quicker hands, you got quicker hands with the minute they stop, you can blah, 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 blah. That's what, her, that's what Grasso does. Grasso gives away rounds all the time, but then she explodes with big moments of offense and takes it over. Yeah. Irina I, I, doesn't have that. I just don't think that either of them are ever going to be elite fighters as long as they get this kind of training. I, I don't think he, anything could be elite, but part it's always twofold. It's one, it's partly on the it's partly on the camp because instead of during their downtime, they're not expanding their skills. They don't have a very wide range of skills. They don't have a very deep range of skills. Grasso is a little bit better than Aldana. She's had some submissions. She has some scrambles. It's Aldana, uh, it's marginal, but marginal is a difference when you have zero. Aldana has zero. Mm-hmm. Aldana not only just lets you get her into bad spots, she does not have the athleticism or skills to work her way out of bad spots. And instead of working on that in their, their downtime, they keep them fighting so often that you don't have time to merely make progression. Agrasso was out for a while because she moved weight classes. You saw a little bit cleaner, a little bit more focused Grasso after an extended break. They keep Aldana fighting so much, she doesn't have time to install new things. She just changes her style a little bit for each opponent. She's not getting better. She's the same fighter she was three years ago, and that's the problem. She's not a good enough athlete to be the same kind of fighter she was three years ago. Yeah. And, and Jackson Wink, they figured out. They know she accepts bad spots. So they put her in bad spots, 
and then they just built off of it. And she could tell me her foot was hurt. I couldn't cut the cage off. That's common sense. Stop chasing her. Make her come to you as Holly Holm. Holly Holm's not patient. If you don't come to her, she will come to you. Sit back and just light her up on the counter. We know Holly can't really box, but she didn't do that. Nobody in her corner said that. Okay. Now, the, I do want to point out that Alexa has had time off due to injuries at times, well, at least a couple of times that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's go on but to – We have to say coming off an injury is a little bit different than you just – I'm working to get a better better weight. You have a limit on what you yeah, can work on, it. what you can do. Okay, let's go on to the second fight, which was also a bantamweight fight. It was um, uh, Jermaine Durandami beating Juliana Pena with a third-round uh, guillotine choke. So I want to talk about this a little bit because, again, we're getting people overreacting to something here. Okay, so I want to get into that, get into that a little bit, but First of all, in round one, uh, you could see that Juliana was having trouble closing the distance. So I scored that. Yeah, that's fine. And I scored the round 10-9 for for Jermaine. In the second round, she did get a takedown, and she did control things on the ground. So I scored that 10-9 for Juliana. In the third round. Didn't she on that second round? Sorry? I'm I'm sorry. Didn't Didn't she almost get finished in that second round? They were actually doing a submission. Two of them were doing a submission at the same time, except there was it was right at the end of the round, so it wasn't going to end. Okay, okay. Okay, like it was like with 10 seconds left in the round. Okay. okay. In the third round, look, Juliana was well aware that the way to win that fight is she had to get her to the ground, okay? So they're clinching on the fence, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the big concern that Juliana has is that, if she doesn't get a takedown, then the ref, Jason Herzog, is going to break them up. So it's not that she made a mistake. Like, I looked at it a second time, and what I came to the conclusion is that she realized that she needed to get a takedown. She was desperate. And so she went for one final shot and takedown, and what happened is she stumbled. And then she landed in the guillotine, and I'm telling you – it was pure luck, okay? Jermaine didn't know what the hell she was doing. For her to come out there and say, oh, I know exactly what I was doing. You know what happened three years ago when Valentina Shevchenko beat Juliana with a uh, an arm bar? She did the same thing. She said, oh, I always do that. When's the last time she had a submission win? Never. When's that? True enough. Well, didn't she? She, she did submit Catch Aware, didn't she? No. Okay. No, but who's taking her? Who's really who's really taking her down since then? Juliana outside of Nick, no, um, like a Valentina. Nobody, 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 nobody. She she's worked on her takedown defense probably. So I mean, the point is, then, the point is, I don't care what anybody says. That was a fluke win. Unless she can do it again, which I don't believe she can. It's a fluke win. Okay. Well, I, I can I can agree with you on that, but I said this last week. I, I said this last week. I said, and I'm not saying that, saying that justifies the submission. I said the fact that she was on the ground with Amanda Nunes, the known finisher, submission or ground and pound, it was able to navigate enough to not get finished and to actually offer up some offense while being dominated on the ground shows me growth in her skill set. I'm not saying she's a submission wizard, but the fact of the matter is when Amanda Nunes takes you down and she gets in the she gets in control position 
she finishes. Against the worst grappler in two divisions, she was unable to get the finish. That's not just by accident. That's just not her being tired. That's Duranda showing an increase in skill. Well, I think Secondly, she's. I think she's showing an, uh, an improvement in her takedown defense because. Well, even, she's even, never. Even she, she's, on the ground, she's, she's never had def- takedown defense up until now. Uh, like uh, even when she, even when she was on the ground against, even when she was, even when she's on the ground, she she d- defended well against Nunes. That's she right. She defended well. Nunes. I agree with that. So. She, I saw improvement. The problem with Pena was, I think it was a flu too, but this is the problem with Pena. Pena's team has gaps in their training. They don't set her up appropriately for her to have the confidence to do things the right way. She rushes into takedowns because she doesn't have an in-between game and she doesn't jab her way in or jab her way out. So when you don't jab your way in, you've got to reach and extend and put yourself in position to get stuffed or countered, which has happened to her numerous times. And when you don't jab your way out, you're afraid to break from a takedown because against a good striker because you're afraid of getting caught on your way out. So instead of when she was in that position, couldn't get the takedown, she could have broke away, jabbed her way out. She could have broke away, angled out. Her her striking is not good. I understand that. But she's been in the UFC. She's been with her camp all her career. She's been in the UFC for how many years? Why isn't it at that point at this level? She should have been ready for that. She didn't have an answer. And her, and her lack of education in the striking and setups and entries and exits, and I've told people before, her entries are trash. Her lack of development in those aspects is what ultimately led to the submission. Had she known that she could get out of that mm-hmm. position safely, she wouldn't have gotten hit. She would have been she would have reset. We would have gone in a competitive third round. Had she known how to jab and feint her way in, she would have gotten the takedown because she would have drawn out a counter from Durandami, same day way, same way Nunes did, and she would have taken her down. Because she didn't have the striking and the footwork, that's what exposed her to submission. She had no confidence about getting out without getting clipped, and she already got clipped earlier. She was scared of that power, and she had no confidence that she could get back in without getting clipped. Okay. That's why she hung on out of desperation. I think what we, we, what we want to uh, well, point out is that when uh, a lot of fighters who are specialists in BJJ uh, and also wrestling, they all have this problem. It's just developing your striking to a point where you can use it to get to your takedowns. And she exactly. she hasn't done that. And it makes me think that maybe it's time for her to go to another camp. She won't do it, though. She's comfortable there. Exactly. Her camp... And, and her can't. And I said this before. I'm like, she she doesn't know how to get to her spots. All it is is aggression. And then you take her down, and she scrambles. She wears you down, and then she starts asserting herself. Nico Montano reversed her. Nico Montano had her up against the cage, but she kept pushing a pace. Katzengano's done it. Mo, Jessica, I've done it. Multiple people have done it. She's not some kind of takedown wrestling, grappling savant. I don't know why people keep saying this. And the way to fix this isn't to get be better as a grappler. It's to get your footwork and your setups better so you can get in exactly. clean entries so you can get a takedown. She she failed on that, and Durandami took advantage of that. She figured, well, it's Durand Durandami. She's not going to try and snatch it. But Jermaine saw it out there. She goes, eh, let me give it a shot. And she did. And usually it's, it it's doesn't. Usually grabbing a guillotine like that doesn't work. Yeah, it usually doesn't work, but Pena had no respect that she could finish with it. So she got lazy and stayed there. Now it's the same thing. It's a grappling version of when out of, when Anderson Silva would had his hands down, it was leaning all over the place and let Chris Whiteman tee off. Eventually that's gonna catch up to you. Whiteman's not as good a striker as Anderson Silva. Are you telling me he's a better striker than Adesanya? No, but he got the KO because Anderson got cocky and stayed where he shouldn't have stayed at. Same thing happened to Pena. She just thought it couldn't happen. And she paid for it. And I'm glad she paid for it. Maybe she'll take this into account when she trains, not be so cocky about what she can do and what she can't. And for two times, 
She's been submitted by strikers, not even good grapplers. Yeah. Two strikes submitted. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, bantamweight uh, title challenger picture. So you got Holly Holm again, Jermaine Durandamy again. Okay. Hey, they earned it. And you've got, I think, two other fighters that we have to consider here. Ketlin Vieira. Who? Is Ketlin Vieira. Please. Now, just a minute. Ketlin Vieira. And the fourth fighter, who is currently recovering from knee surgery, Aspen Ladd. Okay? So, I listen, here's the deal. Amanda Nunez is not going to be defending that belt until sometime in 2021. Okay, because she's got to defend the featherweight title first against Megan Anderson. So they got time to figure it out and they can set up whatever the heck they want if they want to do Holly versus Jermaine, which, God, I'm not looking forward to that if they do that. But they could also get two other names in there. You know, even if they do, uh, maybe even do kind of uh, the four of them, one face, two different fights, and then have the Two of them face off for the championship fight, okay? And now, this is keeping in mind that Aspen is not going to be returning until sometime in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Lad, Lad needs to take a big step back because she's, she's in a good position. She doesn't want to take on a high challenger, get no, totally No, that I agree with, start... too. She needs to come back and face, uh, let's say, Raquel Pennington. You think so? I, yeah, I, I'm really, I, think, I might take a safer fight. I might take a safer fight. Schwan, I'm just giving an example. Hey, hey, okay, big shot. You run the show. Okay, I'm just giving an example. It's no big deal. But the point is, I agree with you. You say she should face somebody else first. It's just that it's kind of thin right now. Okay, it's kind of thin right now. So it just depends on timing and stuff like that. Stuff like that. But I actually think uh, uh, Ketlin, if you give her another fight and she wins that decisively, you've got to consider her. Okay, it's pretty thin right now. If you look at who's in the top 15 right now, that's it. I mean, Raquel Pennington is number four. She's also lost to a man. So that's your problem. The problem is you got people, you got girls who not only have lost to Amanda before, but it's unlikely they're going to be in her again. It's unlikely. I, I really don't. I said this before. I, you're probably going to be right, and I'm going to be wrong on this, but I, I don't think she's coming back. To, I think she's going to take a break what? or something. Bantamweight. I think she's either going to take a long break or she's just not coming back to Bantamweight. No, I, listen, you know what? I think uh, uh, it's too soon to tell about stuff like that, and and there aren't enough featherweight fighters for her to do that anyway. Yeah, it's just, it's just a thought. Like I said, it's just a thought. All right. Enough of that. We're going to go on to the third fight, and that was at strawweight, Loma Luke Bunmi versus Jinyu Fry. And what this really came down to is what once Loma got her in a clinch and started nailing her with knees and elbows and stuff like that, Jin had nothing for her. Okay? Oh, one thing yeah. I wanted to mention before we get into that, and that's that they said on the broadcast that Jin – has been training at Fortis MMA in Houston with uh, Saif Saoud. And I guess what he's trying to do is maybe break her of some of her bad habits and stuff like that. You know, so her husband is still the main trainer. Late in the game for that one. Not impossible, but very late. She's Um, 0-2 now. 
You know, that, so, that fight went good. Go ahead. Yeah, that fight. Basically, the the whole issue was she had a chance to win that. She's she's bigger. I think she might even she's not as stronger, but she's a little bit bigger. I thought if she could maintain range, stay away from her, that she could be fine because Loma's best chance was to get her hands on her. It it Which it range. It's a fifty. It's a fifty fifty fight. Part of the reason she got her hands on her is because people forget this about um about Jin Yu Fry. One, she pot shots. She doesn't throw combinations because she doesn't want to get into heavy exchanges. Two, when she gets in heavy exchanges, do you know how she escapes them? She goes into the clinch, and it doesn't really do, do work. She ties you up and tries to wear you out. So her safety zone is the clinch when it gets too hot in exchanges. So when it got a little hot in those exchanges, she kept going to the clinch, which unfortunately was Loma's wheelhouse. So mm. the place she keeps going out of default for safety was basically getting her chewed up. So she, she couldn't help herself because mentally she spent years – it's like T. Wood. She developed this style of how to control people and how to break people down over the length of a fight. Punch in the distance so they, they can't find your rhythm, then clinch them up. Clinch them up, take them down. And she kept going into the clinch where she, she couldn't match Loma, and Loma just chopped her up again and again and again. And I'm sure in her mind, she knew she shouldn't be making this mistake, but when you train some way for four, six, seven years, you don't know how to, keep, to stop the mistake even when you're making the mistake and you know it's the wrong thing to do. So her whole style came against her. Had she stayed at range and jabbed her, pot shot, get away, pot shot, angle out, pot shot, circle away, maybe fake, go for a blast double, she could have won the fight. But she kept going to her safety zone, which was the clinch, and that was Loma's wheelhouse. Loma just beat her from pillar to post. Okay, so the reason uh, uh, Doug Fry has taken her to uh, Saif Saud is because the stuff that she does that you were just talking about, okay, the stuff that, that Jin does that you were just talking about, it doesn't work in the UFC. She'll never get away with it. Right? Not in that, not, especially not in that class. Exactly. So she'll never get away with that stuff. So they have to figure out what she's going to do, and they don't have the time because if she loses one more fight, she's gone. Okay? They, they should have made this adjustment two years ago. Well, of course they should have, but, you know, <laughs> they thought it because was working, could, which it really wasn't. I could even... I could fault her if she was doing the right things but still losing because I would see the growth and then you know it's going to turn around soon. But no. the thing about it is she went for short-term success. Oh, I want to keep on winning. If she would have made some adjustments, she would have probably lost one to two fights in between. But coming into the UFC, she'd be in better position to perform. But they waited so late, and now it's starting to kick them in the butt. That's what happens when you wait late. You can yeah. either work hard early or late. She decided to work hard late. A lot of this still not working. A lot of this with her is uh, just to share the blame with her husband because he's coaching. Well, just because he's her husband doesn't mean he has to be a terrible coach. I agree with that, but he is. There's no rule against that. People say, don't, don't, don't have your spouse, don't have your friend. Your friend and your spouse can be your coach. They just have to be good at what they're doing. <laughs> not good enough. He's not good enough. He could have called, no, called me. He's admitted it. He's admitted it now because he's taken her to, he's taken her to Fortis. You know? Yeah, he. I told. I, I saw. I told. Wrote an article about that. They should have admitted that two years ago. He could have asked me, and they could have been in a good spot right now. Yeah. Better fighters than her have. Better fighters than Jin Yu Fry have come to me for my advice on who they should work with and how they should change their training. Yeah. So he could have asked me too, and I would help him. Okay. So regardless of her winning this fight, it doesn't make me think that Loma can beat a ranked fighter in the strawweight division. What do you think? No. 
I, I think I think you saw the pluses and the limitations of her game. Think about for all the damage she did and all the shots she landed, she still wasn't really close to knocking out Jinyu Fry. And that's a bad sign because Fry is not particularly durable at this weight class. Um, there's people she could still beat. They could bring some people from Alicta. I She could probably hold her own against K. Uh, K uh, is it Jansen? The one who just beat K. Um, Hansen. Jinyu Fry. K. Hansen. K. Hansen's a good fight for her. There's probably maybe Ashley Yoder. But as far as elite people, no, I don't see it happening. No. She's not a good enough athlete, and, and she doesn't have enough time to develop her skills. And especially coming off a win, they're not going to move her backwards. Do you think it would be so, helpful if, um, like, her, her, where she trains is in – she lives in Thailand. She trains in Thailand, like Tiger Muay Thai. And the guy who was translating for her is trains in George Hinkley. Okay? And do you think that it would be a smart move for Hickman to maybe send her to an elite camp in the U.S. or something like that, like somebody like uh, Tyrion Fitzgibbon or somebody like that? Yeah, I, I, Fitzgibbon, even, even if it doesn't even have to be a name camp. It just has to be a camp where they have a good enough understanding of striking and how to circle it through mixed martial arts. Uh, city kickboxing, Fit NHB would be another camp. Well, there are I, I know, city kickboxing is in Australia. Yeah, true enough, true enough. But just, I just, I'm just thinking of people who would actually be able to take what she does and elevation by it within mixed martial arts. Elevation. I don't know about that. I don't think so. I don't think she wants to go. Too many people in her division. I think she needs to go okay. somewhere where she's what more of a. What about what about uh, another place? Tenth Planet in San Diego. Yeah, Tenth, tenth Planet. Um, I think Tenth Planet. I would think Stephen Warman Wright. He's good with that. Yeah. I would think Fit NHB would be the three people I would pick. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's kind of what that's what I wanted to ask. Okay, I uh, wanted to cover a couple other quick things. First of all, uh, Jessica Rose Clark posted on Instagram the other day that she suffered a torn ACL and she's going to have to have knee surgery, and that basically means she's going to be out for probably a year. Okay, so yep, lay it on me. Um. I mean, it, it sucks for her. She came off a good win, even though it was an overmatched opponent. But this is why the UFC keeps on having these girls who you say aren't good enough to be in the UFC. That's why, because girls go down all the time. And people, people I was mentioning, like uh, Verosa, who fought a couple weeks ago in Invicta, who hadn't got that UFC call, she might be getting a call in the next couple weeks because they need bodies. Yeah. You got a bunch of people on. You got a bunch of people injured, and you got a bunch of people who were not who who aren't who haven't competed in a while you you need bodies so there's going to be a bunch of people who aren't qualified to be in the ufc who are going to be getting opportunities to be in the ufc very soon okay we have a fight on saturday uh one fight in saturday's show it is tracy cortez against uh what the hell is her name uh stephanie, stephanie Edgar. okay so what happened here is that the opponent was supposed to be a malecki and she dropped out. So for the second time in a row, Tracy is facing a late replacement. So uh, Tracy trains at Ready Fight in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, one of the coaches there is former UFC fighter Frankie Sims. Um, Stephanie, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of her? I yeah, I, I've heard of her. She's from she's work. from Switzerland. Okay. Yes. Name a fighter from Switzerland. If you don't, I will. Uh, what's, isn't what's the name from Switzerland? No. No. There's only one fight. Gustafsson? There's only one fight in Switzerland. That's yeah. Okay. Oh, hmm. Anyway, Stephanie, uh, for those who haven't seen her, she's 31 years old. She's from Switzerland. Uh, she trains at her home gym. It's called Buddy. 
they also she also fights for that. Okay, they most a lot of gyms in, in Europe uh, usually uh, put on MMA shows. So they Buddy does put on MMA shows. She, and in fact, her last fight was for Buddy. But we have seen her in Invicta. She was Invicta in 2016. She lost, and we also uh, she was also in Rising last year. And she beat uh, King Rena. Okay, so how did she get into the UFC? Well, you know, some managers, they're always keeping their hands in with uh, uh, Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby. And so if something comes up, they got a fighter they can send in. And so that's how she got the call for this. She says in interviews this week that she wasn't expecting to call this. So I don't, you know, listen, I only seen her the one time and I don't remember her. Okay. So, yeah, well, I've seen a couple of her fights. Okay. So what do you think is going to happen here? I think Tracy's going to win. Yeah, I mean, this they want Tracy to win this showcase for. In, in the case of Eggers, she's she's bigger. She's probably a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier. Might be more physical. Well, Tra- she's a Tra- very good grappler. Tracy started as a flyweight. She was in Invicta. She was a flyweight. Yeah, so Egg- Eggers is going to come in with the size and, and probably a strength advantage. She's, she's a really good grappler. I haven't really seen her work off her back a lot. She's more of a top control kind of person. And basically the issue, when I've seen her fight, it's just aggression. She's willing to throw a little bit more against girls who aren't as ex- experienced and aren't as athletic. She's, she'll put some pressure on them. When she gets into a clinch, she throws them, trips them, fights essentially over from that point on. Um, it, to me, this fight's going to come down to who can put who on the back foot. Cortez, in my opinion, should be in better shape. She's fought better competition. She should be a better athlete, a little bit quicker. So... I assume that she's going to be able to push Eggers back. I assume she's going to be more comfortable in exchanges and Eggers will not be comfortable getting hit. If for some reason Eggers ties up and it gets to the ground, she's a submission threat, but I think Tracy's scrambling and her pace will be enough for her to get into a top position, to either finish by submission or just pound her out to, to it from a decision loss. Stephanie, in my opinion, hasn't, she's always been the hammer. She hasn't really had to take it or, or work out of bad spots or, or work or work against somebody of comparable athletic ability. And I think when she faces someone like that, it's going to be, shocking to her so unless cortez just serves herself up for a submission early i don't think she should if she comes in respectfully and smart intelligently she should win this but unless she serves herself up i i I expect her to walk stephanie down and possibly stop okay tracy said in an interview that she was not happy with the whole short notice replacement thing do you think that'll affect her mentally I think part of the reason she's not happy, if her team did any research, one, you don't have time to adjust for somebody, and two, the person she's fighting, Tracy likes to wrestle. She likes to back you up, take you down, throw you, ground and pound you. She's facing someone who is a very good submission grappler. So a lot of her game plan works right into that person's wheelhouse, so I wouldn't be happy about it either. But Okay. I I think she'll win. I think she's a better fighter, but um, God will it, there's a danger there. There is a danger there. Okay. Oh, Just, you, okay. So let's. Uh, UFC released two fighters this week: uh, Mero Romero Borella and Nadia Kassel. Egg, Eggers beat her too. Sorry. Just to let you know, Eggers beat a Borella before she fought her. That's right. Uh, anyways, they released her, and they also beat. They also released Nadia Kassem. I don't know if you even remember. Yeah, I think didn't she fight once or twice? She no, was she good. was one and two in the UFC. She's from Australia, and you know it's one of those things I've talked about this before. How UFC is hiring fighters from certain, bringing certain fighters in certain countries, mainly to fight in those countries. Okay, and uh, Nadia and her boyfriend—I don't know if he's still in the UFC, but they were both fighting for the UFC. 
he's pretty awful. I, I might add that his brother trains them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if she just was trained poorly or maybe she, she just awesome. she doesn't have, have have any potential. Because sometimes it's, it's the athlete. If you're not a good enough athlete, you're going to suffer. But I didn't expect her to be there. I think they gave her a chance just to see. Because if, if I remember correctly, she's fairly attractive. I yeah. thought they were hoping that she could win a couple fights and they could build build her around her. But she, she wasn't able she, to hold up her into the bargain. She won her UFC debut and she usually won in that fight. Okay. Yeah. So she looked even worse than the other two. Okay. Now, you were talking, Barella. Oh, sorry. You were talking. Uh, you want to, I guess, invite Heather Hardy on one of your podcasts. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about Heather Hardy and how Bellator screwed up. And what I wanted to say is, I don't think it was all Bellator's fault. Okay. I think a lot of it was her fault and her manager's fault. Okay. So let me uh, mm-hmm. uh, ask you a question right off. So let me ask you this question. Okay? Why do female boxers, and to a lesser extent, kickboxers, want to go into MMA? What's the reason? The uh, main yeah. reason? Money. Exactly. And the truth is, if that's the only reason you're going to do it, then don't do it. Okay? All right? And that's what we're talking about with Eddie Okay. She has a name because she's a, a championship boxer, but she had no experience in MMA. And Bellator's big mistake with her was not letting her fight somewhere else first to find out if she could fight or not. Okay, because what they found out once they got her in Bellator is she was too good. She couldn't fight. They put her in there against some soccer mom who she beat, and then they put her she got her ass kicked, and the third fight was awful, and she's not going to do it anymore. So we see this all the time with with women uh, boxers is they, they want to try MMA, they think they can get away with it, and they don't really want to learn it. And I think that was the problem with her. So it wasn't totally yeah. Bellator's fault, but partially. Now, the UFC doesn't usually I, do I that. Okay? But yeah. they are doing it now with Danielle Wolf. so. The only reason, the reason I, I got differently is because Heather Hardy seems like an intelligent person. I assume her management is very intelligent. If you play the way the U.S. the Bellator wants, you can have her. There's enough. The level in, in women's mixed martial arts is uneven enough where you, you could get her at least two or three fights against fairly low skilled people who, who fit the style that'll make her successful. And the more fights you have, the more money you make, the, the bigger sponsorship. She goes on a three-fight win streak. She's getting big-time sponsorships. She's getting big-time money. I can't imagine that she's that short-sighted that she would throw that away because after that, she didn't fight in boxing for, like, a couple couple months for a while. Like, it was a good opportunity for her to get some leverage and to really expand her base and to really make some money. So it's hard for me to believe that that short-sighted because she does not seem like a stupid person. The only other option I would have is, as a boxer, she's a particular kind of boxer. And I don't know that the camp she chose was correct because for the kind of boxer she is, she needed to have a different style to have any chance of succeeding. She's not a technique, perfect, switch switch hitting, jab, slick kind of person. She's more of a brawler. So if she's more of a brawler type, you find a camp that builds those kind of fighters and you develop a skill set around that. I feel that when they put her up with Christina Williams, they kind of served her up to be beaten because Christina Williams was going to be a tough match for her given her tools and her style. They could have found a better match 
her first fight in Bellator was with a woman who was basically a glorified soccer mom. Like she had no business being okay. And you don't do she, that. She in, very good. We, well, we, we, you don't do that we in Bellator. You don't do that. We still respect the fact you don't do that in on TV. What you do is you let yeah. her go to a regional company like uh, CES or somebody like that, okay, and have her do like about three fights there where she's fighting regional fighters and she gets her legs under her. And then you can fight a Christina Williams. But to have her fight a damn soccer mom and then fight Christina Williams is a stupid mistake. True, but this is also the thing. Bellator needed something to draw attention. And that fight, as sloppy as it was, it was exciting. It had high drama and it had a stoppage in it, which is something we don't get a lot of women's mixed martial arts. Mm. All I'm saying is this. They, that, that, that Taekwondo girl they had come in, she hasn't fought really tough. They, they found multiple girls at her skill set for her to fight, her to get a little bit better and have a back and forth. Imagine if Heather Hardy was still in there right now. They could have that girl, Taekwondo girl, couple win streak, Heather Hardy. You could play that up. Olympic level Taekwondo, world champion boxer. That's a moneymaker. Yeah, except for what? But, they, but they, the, way they, the way they've handled this girl is much different than how they've handled Heather Hardy. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. They could have done more. And if I was Scott Coker, I would have been like, look, dude, you have a chance to make some big money and to really break through the market. Let us handle this. Stop. We, let, let us find the person. Let us find you and set you up the best I person. Think, unless Kate, I unless... think she only wanted to try it, and that's why they rushed it. Um, I mean, you, you might be right, but if you're if, and like I said, she seems very intelligent to me. And knowing the money that's out there, and she, the money she could have made if she just would have played ball, then she, if you're telling what you're telling me is correct, then she really didn't want money because if she would have played ball, she would have had a whole lot of it. No, but so maybe she, maybe she didn't really want to commit to it. Uh, there's well, once once again, and I'm not bashing any fighter. But when fighter and some fighters have had, I've had this discussion with fighters. They're like, "Well, I don't want to commit, you know, blah, 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 this is too much, blah blah." And I'm like, uh, "Your husband's working four jobs. Your wife's working three. I'm sure she doesn't want to work three. She's doing this, and you're telling me you're turning down opportunities. I might not want to do a certain kind of job. My parents didn't want to do certain things, but when you're trying to achieve an end to a mean to an end, you have to do some things you don't want to to get to the point you want. And she could have made money and went right. If she went on a three fight win streak and had all the sponsorships." She could have took it right back to boxing and could have demanded top-end money. But she didn't do that. I don't believe that either her or her manager were fully committed to I don't believe Clay Collard is fully committed to boxing. Look how much he's turned his career around. Different stories altogether. That's just like insanity what's going on over there. But the point is, we see this all the time with, with women boxers. They think they can do MMA. Okay? And how many of them are really any good at it? None. Well, most of them aren't very good at To be honest, the large majority of women boxers aren't very good at boxing. Let's be straight about that. Holly Holm was one of the best boxers ever. She's not a great boxer. So they're not really great at the one thing they're great at. And then they come over to here and, have it, and they assume, I don't have to learn the striking because I'm already a world champion boxer. Well, how good are you really? That's, that's where the whole problem so, starts. I'm just saying it wasn't just Bellator – who screwed up on, on Heather Hardy. I think that maybe she didn't commit to it as much as she should have. Okay. Like how many fights did she sign for three? And she ended up going, I think the third fight was against another championship boxer, right? I think she had four fights in there. Did she have four? I think it was three. 
But anyways, the the the, the last oh, the last she, fight was against uh, a a girl. I can't remember her name. She's from friggin' Malaysia or someplace. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember, but I know who you're talking and about. And it was awful. It was a bad fight. It was so bad. The girl from Malaysia, she's fought for one championship. Uh, the girl from Malaysia, she retired altogether. She retired. She retired from boxing, MMA. The whole deal. She just, that was it. All right. So anyway, so like I said, I just thought it was a case of, there was two things going on here. They weren't constantly with each other. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, like I said, it just, I felt like it was a big, big opportunity for both parties. And I felt they could have handled that better. That's just, that's just. Me I, I agree with that, it. except I, I just don't think it was one party. I think it was both sides. Well, hopefully I'll get to interview her one of these days and I can have this discussion with her directly. And I'll find Okay, out. you got anything else you want to talk about or is that it? Uh, no, just as always, um, feel free to check me out on my other podcast, MMA Ratings Podcast. And thank you again for letting me be on this, be a part of your show. Okay, uh, again, don't forget to check out those videos on my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com and check out my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can uh, leave them on Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy fights. We'll talk to you later.